going to welcome you at multitudes today on the 4th of August and sing, Holy is the Lord, Omnipotent, Mighty. You know what my favorite part of that song is? I love all those words. But when that little phrase in this is, Strong Tower, my best friend. Does anybody else feel that besides me? Good night. See, when you're a preacher, you don't have, you don't have friends, Harley. And you sure don't have a best friend unless you know Jesus. And so when you welcome him, oh, get ready. When you welcome him, because see, everybody else is in a hurry. They don't have time to welcome Jesus. They got plans, big plans. They got things to do at 12.01. So they don't have time for Jesus. There's no time to welcome him. We just need to go through some real dry, dead old songs that are about us whining and moaning and groaning and hurting and move on to the next item. So these people over here, they understood, no, it's all about we want him. I want him. There's some deep stuff going on in my life. There's some deep stuff going on in this world. There's some deep stuff going on in our community. We need to just take time and welcome the Lord and worship him into our world because we need that kind of Jesus that can address legions of demons. We don't need any more surface stuff. We need the deep stuff because we got some deep sin going on around us. So they said, we, we welcome you, Lord, and we're going to wait. And folks, here it is. We've been in Alabama this week at a, the best anointed growth church conference I've ever been to and hated to leave, especially when we had to drive eight hours, and uh, it was just hard. But let me tell you, God has confirmed so much for me this week, and I heard a lot about growth, and we can use every bit of it. But there's one thing that burns on my heart, and it's this scripture right here. Because what I read to you in verse 40 is that group of people, I believe there's a remnant right here on Jim Calhoun Road, that welcome and wait on the Lord. And when these people did it right here in verse 40, verse 41 tells us the very next thing that happened is somebody came. See, we worry about having to get visitors. How can we fill the house? How can we do all this? I see all these other churches on TV. Well, I'm going to tell you right here in the Scripture. The Bible says, Behold, there came a man. So number one, real quick, you need to know this. People come. When you welcome the Lord, when you set the environment, not me, when you walk into this door, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You welcome him, not your problems, not what's wrong, not how bad you feel. All that's important. But you know what? It's all taken care of in the welcome because you get lost in him and you forget about you. So when you walk through those doors back there and you walk in this aisle and maybe people are still drinking coffee, but you just, you don't even wait on the countdown. You just go into welcome mode. All of a sudden it all falls off of your shoulders and you begin to feel the presence of the Lord and the only thing relevant at that point is welcoming him a little bit more so that's what happened so when we set the tone and you'll hear me preach this from now on till Jesus because it's like when you go to a restaurant let's just say you spend two hours getting ready ladies not men if you're a man and you spend two hours don't tell anybody. But anyway, if you're a lady and you spend two hours, you're going out to a restaurant and you do all of this and you go to the door and as soon as you open the door, you jerk on it because it's locked. 
It doesn't matter what's on the menu, does it? It doesn't matter if there's a special that night. It doesn't matter if the food is so good and there's a famous chef in the kitchen. None of that matters, does it? Because the door's locked. When you walk into this church right here, if you do not begin with entering into his gates, with welcoming him, with worshiping him, I don't care if you lost everything and you got bullet holes in you. He is still worthy, the worth, worthy to be praised. You welcome him in spite of that, then listen, you have access to everything. But if you're just going to breeze in, you're not going to welcome, you're not part of worship, you're wasting your time. But okay, but I like the puppets. I might even like the preaching. I, I, I like the singing and all that. I like to watch this. I like when you put cool stuff on. None of that matters though, you see. Because everything is behind the worship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we've lost that in America, church. We've lost it. So, what's the key to church growth? The key to church growth is to welcoming the Lord Worshipping him in spirit and in what? Truth. When you come in here with your heart wide open and your hands saluted in honor to the king and you begin to praise him and you glorify him, then I'm telling you, people's going to come because people come where their needs can get met. That man was a ruler of the synagogue, and he knew a lot about religion. But he didn't just go to any synagogue. He didn't go to any person that said they had a relationship. He went where he knew his needs could get met. And I'm telling all of you, I don't care if it's 2019, and it seems like all of this is gone. It's not gone. It's happening in Nicaragua. It's happening all over the place. Nigeria, dead or being raised, blind cancer, and all this stuff. And we got that in our church. By the way, we've got all these things is happening still but it's behind the worship when you worship the Lord Jesus the cold rotten dirtiest sinner in Scotland County will get to a point where they need that stuff right there and your worship will draw them into him your worship your worship your worship so people come people come when worship and welcome and waiting is the atmosphere. And number two is you don't have to focus on inviting people when you focus or your focus is on welcoming him and inviting him. Now, I've been talking a lot about the church, but I want to talk about you for a moment as an individual. See, we're talking in a corporate sense here. We're, we're, we're talking... Corporately, but this happens on an individual basis too. You by yourself at home. See, we don't wait until Sunday to begin to praise the Lord. He's good to us every day. He takes care of us every day. Don't matter how bad the day is, He still takes care of us every day. Certain blessings are assured and attached to worship and wait. Proverbs eight thirty four. Listen to this. Says. Blessed is the man that heareth me. Now check this out. Watching daily at my gates, at the post of my doors. So what I'm doing at home is I am preparing myself 
in worship. I worship him when my feet hit the floor. Some of these things I'm repeating. When I get up in the morning, I just thank God that I'm breathing and I'm walking and I'm alive to see another day he's made on this earth. So I begin my day with worship. I get in my car and I continue that worship. And, and by the time Sunday rolls around and I walk through the threshold of this sanctuary, I continue to worship, but I begin to watch what the Lord is doing in your life. I watch people that's had it hard this week just begin to blossom, you see. Because that's what the writer said. said, you know, when you do this, you can just start watching. Because he's going to bless the people that know how to watch and worship and wait. It's automatic. It's like pouring water out of a pitcher. If you turn it up right, it's going to come out when you worship the Lord all the time, regardless you are assured to be blessed. I, I want to just, I, I want to tell you, in, in Matthew's gospel, if you have a minute, you can turn there. This stuff's on the app, on the notes. But I want you to look at, at Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, because I, 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 w- I want you to really get this today, church. There's no greater way for you to get this than to understand the scriptures. And behold, there came a leper. The leper come up to Jesus. And I want you to listen to what happened next. He didn't pray. He didn't try to give an offering. He didn't try to do anything. Behold, a leper come to him and say it. Worship him saying, Lord, if it's your will, You can make me clean. Jesus did not beat around the bush because I'm going to jump ahead of myself anyway. If you want to cut through a lot of red tape that's not necessary most of the time, you just start worshiping. And then Jesus won't have to beat around the bush and say, well, I need to teach you about 94 things. You just come to me and worship. You didn't come to me in a Santa Claus mode. You didn't come to me in a poor, you know, the victim stuff's about killed this world and the church. It's everybody's fault. I didn't do it. Nothing's ever self-inflicted. Amen? We go back 95 generations to blame it on a great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather that did it, and that's why we like, no, everybody has a choice. Amen? So when you worship the Lord, you cut out a lot of red tape, and that's what this guy did. He, he came to Jesus because he didn't have time to do anything. He understood that more than me getting what I need, I need to keep first things first, and I need to recognize him for what he is and who he is and what he's worthy of, and that's my praise right now. So before I ask him anything, I'm going to give him all the glory that's due his name. And see, then the Lord, he doesn't look at your condition. He looks at your heart, and he says, okay, this is a candidate that's ready for me to do a work in the life. You read it for yourself right here. He said, if you're willing, make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. Be thou clean. And I love the next word, gradually. Amen. Ain't that what it says? Gradually over a period of time. Ain't that what it says, church? No, it says what? 
immediately, and immediately Jesus had touched him, and immediately his leprosy had left him. Now, this is one man. It wasn't a church service. I love this because that happens all the time when people have their priorities in order. If your phone's charged but your worship's not, you're in trouble. You're going to have to just WebMD it or Google it to figure out how to get it fixed. Because you just created a lot of red tape. If you make welcoming the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord a priority from right now, you will see your life change in ways I can't even tell you outside of this church. See, the Lord inhabits. He draws near the people that's drawing near to him. He gets close. You know what? This shirt says it all. We, me and Angie both wore them. Today, we got these this week. They give them to everybody. And this just fits this service today. I was made for this. But I got news for you. You were made for this. You were made to worship the Lord and wait. That's why Adam and Eve never had a problem until sin. Because when they lived in a way of worship, all the needs just happened to be hanging off trees. It was just there. Everything they needed. See, when you quit worshiping, that's when sin is waiting to strike you. Hallelujah. I didn't even know you were going to do that for me today, Lord, but thank you. So, that's when you do it on your own. And I want to go back to us again. Because this is great. This is Luke 24. And this is after the ascension. You know, they all gathered together and Jesus gave them the command. And now he's gone. He's ascended up to heaven. And this is what happened. And you would think they would be crying because, see, they were ripped to pieces when he was crucified. Hallelujah. Buried. They were just torn all to pieces. You know, that's why they had to go meet in a house. Y'all remember that? Remember the girl named Rhoda come to the door? They didn't, they, you know, all that happened later on. But, but prior to that, they were all just kind of, because he was gone. Well, now it's different. He's risen from the dead. He spent time on this earth. He's ascended back to glory. And you would think these people would be, would be sad. But nope, this is what they did. As soon as he was gone, these people worshipped him, verse 52, and returned to Jerusalem with great, say it with me, joy. When you worship the Lord together in this place, hallelujah, I'm telling you, it is joy unspeakable. You can't even explain it, can you? And it's full of glory. And that is why we praise God and we worship Him in spite of everything. I don't care if I'm 17 years old. I just still... Don't want to miss out on this. You know, it's like the guy, 23 years old, I saw yesterday. I love this. I love these kind of stories. 23, hadn't played ball in years, but they had a little pitching contest at the, at the Rockies Stadium. And a lot of you might have seen this. And he was clocked, I think, throwing some 93, 96 mile an hour balls. Just the bomb, amen? Good. Well, that was so good 
that he got signed by the Oakland A's. I wonder how much money he got. No matter about the money, man. He cut out a lot of red tape because he did something that got highly looked. I didn't even know God was going to give me this stuff, man. He cut a lot of red tape that people spend years trapped in minor leagues and never, and never get out. of. He cut a lot of red tape just because he caught somebody's eye doing something they wanted to see. When you catch the Lord's eye and his ears doing what he wants to see and hear, then God picks you up, friend. He signs you up. He gives you a contract. He gives you a blessing. He gives you an anointing. He opens a door just because you're coloring outside the line and you're not saying it's too late. I can't ever get there. I'm telling you, I tell you all the time, you're still alive for a great reason. You just hadn't hit it yet. You're still here for a great, great reason. And that's what happened last Sunday night when we prayed. I don't believe a single person, even the ones that didn't want to come, but they were scared not to come. And then when they left, they were glad they came. I don't believe a one of us was not filled with joy when we walked out that door. Amen? All the people came together. It was just good stuff. It was really good. That's what happens. Now, before I give you a huge surprise the Lord gave me, and that's how I'm going to finish the service in a minute, I, I want to just reinforce this. Guess what I'm going to use to reinforce it with? The Word. And I'm going to prove to every one of you, not with my words, but with His words, that worship works when nothing else works. Worship works when prayer ain't working. Let's look at it. In the book of Matthew chapter 15, we're just going to read a few verses, about seven or eight of them. I'm going to see if you pick up on it, and then I'm going to just help you. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him. Listen to how things transpire. A woman came to him and cried unto him, that's what we do, saying, have mercy on me. Now, you notice what the leper did first? I right, hold that. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, not a word. That ever feel, sound familiar? Crying your guts out, you're praying. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Okay, let's keep going. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Not only is she getting on your nerves, Jesus, she's getting on our nerves now. And so he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came, y'all, watch. Then she came. Y'all just probably need to read it. Let me just listen to you read it. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, see, she got an answer this time. It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. For those of you who don't know what's going on yet, it had only been sent to the Jews. It wasn't 
going into the Gentiles all over the world. That would be the commission for the early church, which you and I are supposed to still be carrying out. And he said, he, he said, it's not meat for the children to take the bread and to cast it to dogs. I'm telling y'all before I read verse, people would be ticked off with Jesus these days. You hear me? You call a person a dog now, you're going to spend 30 years in prison. Amen? I mean, Jesus was just very offensive to the people that was not in love with him. Amen? Verse 27, she said, True, Lord, yet the dogs are so desperate that they're willing to eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And now check this out. Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee as you've already said, as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very same hour. I want you to check these two things out. When she prayed, number one, what happened? Nothing. When she cried, I hope y'all don't understand. I've been praying about this for six years. I don't know what's going on. You don't have a prayer problem. You have a welcome problem. Jesus knows. Check, hallelujah. Thank you, God. He knows what we need before we ask it. We agree on that. Don't matter. It's in the Word. He knows what you already need. But what He is waiting on not to see what you're going to tell him you need. He's wanting the worship out of us, not the worry out of us. We need to quit worrying God and just worship him, and it all gets fixed. She prayed, nothing happened. The second thing we find out from here, she worshiped, and it revealed her faith. Because what, what did he commend her on? He said, whoa, Whew. great is your faith. Boy, I, got, I need a long sleeve shirt on up here. Sweating in my armpits and freezing to death on my arms right here. What's wrong with that? See, your worship and your faith are inseparable. You can talk about Jesus all day long. You can talk about multitudes. That's not really anything to brag about. You can talk about Jesus all day long. But true worshipers, we don't said this, worship him. We just need to stop. True worshipers worship him in spirit and in truth. And see, the Lord don't really need you to talk about your faith. I told you, when we worship him, that is our faith. That is your faith. Because you are glorifying him as master, as ruler, as ultimate authority. And not you, your way of thinking, anything about you or anybody. When you glorify him, that's it. And then people come. And then people get healed. And then people get delivered. And then broken homes are mended. Broken hearts are healed. Hungry stomachs are fed. And I can go on unemployed or employed. We can just keep going on. But it's all behind the worship. That's why worship is either obsolete in a lot of churches or it's dead and boring and dry. 
And if it ever gets like that here, we ain't even going to try it. And one thing that confirms something for me, and Angie is my witness. I've been saying this for six months. I said, we've got a lot of good songs in our worship books. I said, but that time is supposed to be, according to the Bible, set apart specifically or specifically, depending on if you're in the water or you're in the land, on the land. That, that is set aside to directly one-on-one talk to him and magnify him. Not some vague thing going on in my life. And there's a time and place for everything, and I get that. But not that time and place. That's for him. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You enter into his courts with praise. And he don't want you praising your problem, your moan and groan. He wants you praising him. And I said, everything we've gotten, and that was confirmed this week because when we were there and they were doing it, this was even unrehearsed. I said, look, Angie. And then they brought it up in the lab she went to. I said, do you notice how every song they are singing is direct? And honey, you could feel it in that building. It was electrified. It, all of their songs was like our last song. That's a great thing, amen? That's a happy day in the neighborhood. Yes, it is. All right. Now, I want to tell you this. Not only did she get his attention and it revealed her faith, but the the other thing is it set her daughter free of demonic oppression that she had just by her not begging God, but by her worshiping God. Now, are you ready for a big surprise? Will everybody leave, but whoever said, yeah, over there and won, because they're the only one. Bye. Bye. Because y'all ain't going to do nothing with it anyway. But to a, So y'all come on up here, and we'll all go eat and get ice cream when it's over with. I, I got to find out who, the Gideon, who's down here drinking water with me today, you see? Who's down here? All right. This is, this is what happened to me yesterday. God is about to do a lot of changes in our church to prepare us to win. If you were here last Sunday night, you know I'm not making this up. This has all happened since then. Last Sunday night, I was at this, at this altar, and those of you that remember me saying, God wants me to do something, wants us to do something about these 30,000 people. Does anybody remember that? If you do, raise your hand so people won't think I'm lying. I want to save people everywhere. But I got a new love. I know it's rotten to the core, but I got a new love for every single citizen in Scotland County. I don't want them to die and go to hell. I want to start here first. I want to start inside of our walls. I don't want to see 5,000 come to know Jesus and then the other 25 lost. And I said that. And it's, it, 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 while we were going, I never brought this up, but while we were riding and then the whole time we were down there and coming back, it just kept burning in my heart. And then we, all the tools we picked up on, by the way, churches now, we are, we are thinking of church in terms of the loss, okay? So you're going to see a lot of things happen over the next two to three months, 60 to 90 days. Not bad things, but good God things. I don't mean that like good God. I mean good God things. That's going to take place with not you in mind. Not me in mind. 
but with them 30,000 people, okay? So what I'm saying in a very nice, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled way is it may get uncomfortable with some of the things that's happening. Starting next Sunday, everybody that's here, visitors, I love you and I'm glad you're here today. I really want you to come back. But starting next Sunday, I want us to start preparing for these people, okay? And I want you to either park on the grass or the outside parking spaces unless you're a bona fide. My sister-in-law is one I know that's bona fide. Handicapped, well, she is right this second. You like that? You like that? That's faith right there. Just start parking out there. Because when people come up, I'm going to say, oh, my word, look at all these, <laughs> look at all these spaces close to the church. We've got a closed spot. Yeah. And we did that on purpose. And that, uh, this, uh, that ain't even what I'm bringing up. But I got, and, I, and I, when I did that, I got out this morning like 6.15, and I looked, and I, I wanted to count just the spaces. It's just right around the church here and on that side of the, uh, the island out there. You know how many spaces there were? 30. 30. Hold that number. 30. And so God started dealing with me about we got to do something. We got every tool you can think of, and we, 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 we've got, we got property. That, that's something real exciting you're going to hear next week. But we, we've got so much that we can do for God more than probably all the churches in Scotland County put together. And, and, and we are turning the page in the curb right now, and, and we're gonna, we're gonna, they're going to know that Jesus loves. And this is how the Lord said, this is what you're going to have to do. He said, number one, you're going to have to pray for them. So I want you to get this in your mind. You're going to have to pray for them. You're going to have to start praying for 30,000 people. Not to show up at one time. Get that out of your head. I'm talking about salvation. They may never walk inside of this building. But it might be that me and you are out there with a hamburger and a grill one day and we lay our hands on them and we tell them about Jesus. And they're in glory one day. We're going to have to pray for them. And then more than prayer, and this is where we've got to like get uncomfortable. We're going to have to love them. We're going to have to touch their heart. We're going to have to physically love them. Their main... They have problems with drugs. They have problems with language, with vulgarity, with abuse, with theft, with taking rocks that came off of a roof and throwing them in a bus that should have been sold, that belonged to a church that's now trying to reach them. But you got to touch their heart or they're going to keep doing the same mess. you got to love them. We're going to have to go to them, church. And here, the flip side of this, the more we worship, the more we welcome, the more they're going to hear. They're going to need it. They're going to come to us. But in the meantime, we're going to them and we're going to touch their heart. We're going to touch their heart. We're going to pray for them. We're going to love on them. And then we're going to lead them. We're going to take them by the hand and we're going to lead them. We're going to lead them to Jesus. We're not just going to lead them to a food soup line. We're going to lead them to Jesus. We're going to demonstrate 
what Jesus and joy-filled Christianity looks like. So we're going to pray for them. We're going to love on them. We're going to lead them. And then we're going to do what Jesus said to do. We're going to launch them. They're going to, they're going to help us do the same thing. Amen? Let me give you some scripture real quick. We're going to pray for them. What does the Bible say about that? Let me give you, let me give you that scripture. You may not have it, so I'm going to give it to you, okay? The Bible says this. To open their eyes, this is what we're going to do. See, when you got good people in place, we got good people in place. We got great people on the stage, at the doors, coffee connection, ushers, up there doing all this stuff. Had great people to pinch hit Wednesday night, came and stepped in the milkshake hole. And I, I just heard so many praise reports. I've heard three praise reports about the men's life group this past Wednesday night. Three different people. I said, when three, three men tell me about life group, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'd have tore that room up. It had to be good. God's put good people. So, so this is what we got to do. We got to pray for them. I want you. You got to learn this. We got to pray for them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan. See, they do this. They throw rocks. They steal. They do all these things. They do drugs. They do everything. Because of the power of Satan. And you and I have got to pray to turn them from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive. This is what we're after. We're, we're not really trying to just get them here to a church and stay unsafe. But we're praying that they would be turned from the power of Satan unto God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in me. So we got to pray for them. you got to start today, right now. We're going to do it before we leave this service. we got to pray for them. And then we got to love on them. Luke 10, 33 says, But a certain, I preached this to you a year or two ago, a certain Samaritan journeyed, as he journeyed, came where he was. See, that's why me and you, we getting out of this church. Because it's time to be certain, amen? We're not going to be just predictable multitude. We're going to be certain. Yeah, they go to that certain church over there. That weird. Certain. It's time to be certain. Because out of all the Samaritans, there was only one certain one. And that certain one made it into the Bible. But a Samaritan, certain one, as he journeyed, he came near where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He loved on him. He touched his heart. Y'all know the story, don't you? And then we got to lead them. Proverbs 11.30, just, this is Old Testament too, by the way. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. See, we are going where death is dominating and we are taking life. To people that are dead, we're taking life to them. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. We're going to lead them to Jesus. And how many of you ever hated being called smart aleck when you were at home? It's smart aleck. My mama, she wouldn't say just smart aleck. Oh, you're so bullheaded. 
that was hard-headed and smart-aleck put together. Bull-headed, and she would do it like that. It, it, it's time to be wise the Bible way, amen? Winning souls. You ain't wise by coming to church, he said. He said, you're wise when you win souls. And then we, we want to launch them. John 20, 21 says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you because what we know is everybody was made by the hand of God in the image of God for the purpose of God. And you and I are left here to get people off of the wrong track and onto the right track, serving God, worshiping God, waiting on God, and helping people find out why they are still left on this earth. Stand with me, please. I want you to know that if you are in this building or outside of this building watching online, you can worship and think you're worshiping, but it's not going to get there until you belong to the Lord. Your heart has to belong to Him. And see, you're never going to find that launch. You're never going to be in the groove God carved out for you to be in. And it might be singing on this stage, but it might be handing in a bulletin out there with Judy and Billy. Or, or, or it might be, I don't know, doing something with a care. It might be just in a ministry that we don't even know about yet. And see... We waste a lot of times being Christian, listen to this, but not being Christ-like. And we got to change all that. That's what God wants to do. That's why you are breathing right now. It's not for what you think it is. It's for that reason. And if you're not a believer today, listen, I want to tell you like this. It's time for you to come home. The Lord wants you to come home. I want everybody to close your eyes. And if you're ready for that joy, if you're ready to come home, if, if you are here and it's just, it's just a decision that you haven't made yet, I want you to do something. I'm not in a hurry to do anything but to get you on the side you need to be on. And if you'll come here right now, that's all I got to do right now. See, I done, I done preached. I done planted the seed I was told to plant. But if that's anybody, as, as many of you that says, you know what, I can't leave here in this condition. And something's got to change, it's got to give, and I need to be a child of the king, and it's got to happen right now. I'm going to ask you to come up here so we can pray and we can get you inducted into what's going to be a hall of fame that you will never get out of. You're watching at home. Why don't you just work? Maybe you're in a break room or hospital and you can't do this right now. All you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. I, I, need, I need this. I got to have this transformation. It's killing me. And I know that preacher don't know what's going on in my life, but you do and I certainly do. And I need you to forgive me and make me brand new. 
See, you can still come down here while I'm telling these folks what to do. Father, help me today. Forgive me. Help me. I turn my life over to you in the name of Jesus. And if you prayed that inside or outside of this, I walk away. And I'm going to start praying for other people now. I'm going to start doing all the things I need to do, God. I'm, I'm going to do it, Lord, because I realize you saved me to be a difference maker. And I'm going to love people, and I'm going to lead people, and I'm going to turn around and launch people. You did that, the Lord said, your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. What happened 30 seconds ago is gone with God. What happened last year, it's gone with God. And we're going we're gonna to close in a prayer right now. And it's a two-fold prayer. Number one, we're going we're gonna to leave this place in worship. But we're going to pray, God, that you would help me every time I see a W. Take your bulletin home this week and look on the cover. There's some huge hints on the front of your bulletin of reminders you're going to see all this week. And it needs to bring worship out of your mouth. It needs to bring a welcome. Because, see, if you turn him away, somebody's going to pick him up somewhere and God's going to do his thing. So we're going to pray, God, help me from this day on to be a worshiper and realize the value of welcoming you and waiting on you. And then we're going to pray about 30,000 people. In fact, open your eyes. I want you to show you what Scotland County kind of sort of looks at like at 30,000 feet. But that's not the 30. See, we're going in. We're not waiting to January the 1st to go into 2020. We're going into it today, right this minute, and it's every one of us together. Because God brought you here. This wasn't planned 24 hours ago. But, but God planned it 24 hours ago, and he planned you longer than that. So we're all on the same team now, honey. And this is what that 30,000 that he keeps bringing over in my mind 30,000 feet look like this is we want to have 2020 vision but we want it right now we want it crystal clear and it's not from 30,000 feet like that but it's 30,000 pairs of feet and this is you and this is me and and that's what we're doing for the rest of this year what they're doing at multitudes oh they just kind of Flying at 30,000 feet. They're kind of working on their vision. And I can say this in closing, but this week Tyler got a bad, a very serious infection in his eye. And the, the, the drops were so strong, and I hadn't planned on this. I didn't ask him for permission to use him as an example. But when he said, I do, he did. So anyway, but he got these drops. And I felt so bad for him because he had to put them in every 15 minutes. Started like at 8 to 12 o'clock at night. But he wound up because it so much damage and there was so much, and they were down in Anderson, only one. Now check this out. This is why we pray favor over our family, y'all. One place there that could actually, because his contacts, I don't want to tell you his contact story because that ain't good. But anyway. 
I'm going to let him tell you that. Or Caitlin would probably delight in telling you that. But there was one place that could make, I mean, make the lens that he had to have in order to see. And when he put, and he's still right now with the glasses, when he puts them on, it's almost like an equilibrium problem. It's like everything's moving, you know. And he's having to make a huge adjustment. But see, what he knows and, and, and what you know, and the doctor certainly knows this, that the more he wears those glasses, he's going to get crystal clear vision. I almost said that like my daddy. Crystal clear vision. And he's going to be able to see. And what's your point, Opie? My point is, the more we... Welcome and wait, and we pray over these 30,000 pairs of feet that God has already given to us. We just got to get them. Then the more we pray over it, the clearer it's going to be. It's kind of a little wobbly right now, and ah, this is brand new, and I don't know. It's kind of challenging me in my prayer life, and it's, it's my whole body is a living sacrifice thing, Opie, but... The more you wear it, the more you pray, the clearer it's going to be. You're not going to see people as rock throwers at the bus. You're going to see them as poor lost souls that's got to find Jesus. So let's pray right now. Father, as we leave this place today, in the name of Jesus, help us, oh God, to be worshipers. You made us to worship, Lord. And when we wait, you renew our strength. We leave with joy. We are cleansed from leprosy, God. Hallelujah. You give us a brand new outlook. God, when we turn into worshipers, Lord, help us to know that that's first and foremost to worship you. And God, we pray over these 90,000 people that's going to come our way after we reach 30,000 and then the next 30,000 and then the next 30,000. And God, when we spread through the state, and through the nation, and we're reaching all over the world. It's all because, Lord, we started with prayer. We started by praying, God, and we loved on people. God, and we got a clear vision of what people really need and what they can be and not what they are right now. So, God, help us to get that in our heart. Help us, help us to pray like we pray for blessings or for one another. Help us to pray, Lord. Help us to worship, Lord. Help us to pray. Help us to love. Help us to lead. Help us to launch. God, that's what you're doing. And God, we're going to see things we've never seen before.